Welcome back to Pardon Our Honesty, where I'm Tiffany. And I'm Megan. And today we are deep diving into this fabulous topic of post-traumatic stress syndrome. Did I say that right? Let me see. Some people say PTSS and some say PTSD. Post-traumatic stress disorder. But some people do say Yes. I call it just simply PTSD because that's what everybody knows it as. Um, So this subject is kind of close to both of us because while I suffer from PTSD, um, it is because of my childhood trauma as well as my experience in the military. Um, Megan has experience on the other side of that of being a partner with someone who has PTSD. Um, It can be challenging for sure, having it and then dealing with it. Um, but that's what we're going to talk about today, guys. So are you ready for this journey? We are glad you're here with us. All right, Megan, you start. All right. So (laughs) our start today. So let's, how did you know as somebody with PTSD, did you get diagnosed or if you did, what led you to getting diagnosed with PTSD? Like what would the signs be for somebody from your perspective? And then I'll I'll give my perspective from the observer side. So I I didn't get diagnosed immediately with PS, PTSD. Immediately I got diagnosed with depression. Um, and so this was when I was in the military. Um, they go through this questionnaire every time you have an appointment just to verify, is this person experiencing a mental illness or not? And basically the questions are, um, do you have little interest in activities you used to enjoy? Do you find yourself avoiding um, memories that of a traumatic event? Do you avoid places? Um, are you easily startled? So for me, I think the main symptom I have is those triggers of if somebody came out of the door, I'm going to jump because I'm always on edge. Or if you your voice sounds like something that happened during my trauma. I might be a little standoffish and kind of change in my attitude, my body language or whatever towards you. Um, and from the military experience, if I hear gunfire or a loud bang or something like that, it's going to trigger me to go back to that moment in time of that trauma. And then I'm reliving it. To me, that's how I explain how I experienced PTSD. Um, I think one of the things that you said rings very familiar with me is when you said they originally diagnosed you with depression. Mm -hmm. So my first husband, you know, we, I I wouldn't say he had a traumatic childhood or anything like that, but he was in the military, went through a couple deployments. And after those deployments, he he came back a very different person, Um, you know, a little bit more subdued, was sleeping all the time, not a lot of motivation to go anywhere because of the crowds, Mm -hmm. the cars on the road. Mm -hmm. Um, So his came from the military aspect, but the depression is the first thing that really stood out from a bystander because there was this person who was always always kind of lazy. I mean, he was always kind of lazy, not in a negative way, but would like to sit and watch TV and stuff. But the sleeping, forgetting to pick up the kid, not wanting to go in all the groups and do stuff. Mm-hmm. And like you see as a partner or friend, anybody, you see that withdrawal and it's, you know, and with my partner now, 
it's the same thing. He said his mind feels like it's always on heightened alerts. So like we go anywhere and we've got to talk about the exits and we've got to stand a certain place. Mm -hmm. And if there's too many people in a small room, we're not going. If there's too many cars on the road, we're not, he's not comfortable because in his brain, he feels like somebody could approach us yes. or you're going to run over something. Yeah. And as a, as a partner to that, you see those things. Cause for me, I'm like, Oh, let's go do this. And then you get this like pushback. <laughs> well, you know, you're a lot of people or, you know, I want to sit over here and you're yeah. like, you're so lame. No. But, but like you start to notice as a partner, you know, those things that people, and I think, you know, PTSD can come from childhood traumas. Yeah. I'm most familiar with it with people who have military service. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's hard sometimes for us as the person who doesn't really have it to understand like how your brain works. Yes. Yes. I think that's the most challenging part of my relationship. With my husband is him understanding the triggers and what happens with the triggers and where my mind goes and like you're 40 years removed from this incident or you're what four years removed from the military why are you still having these issues and I think it's not something that ever goes away I agree. Um, and so how do you how do you deal with it personally it's gonna be the best way to get past this hurdle of, okay, this PTSD does not affect my life or control my life. And then being able to explain to your partner, Hey, this is my trigger. Like you're saying your partner does. We sit in a certain place in the restaurant. I don't like to sit with my back to the door. Cause I need to be able to, okay. If something pops off, I get nervous. I get that fight or flight moment. Then I know where I can go, where I can get down to take cover or whatever, or I can defend myself. Um, so I think, therapy <laughs> yeah it really does because it's you know it can therapy. i can see you know how it can affect relationships mm -hmm. because if you don't and the communication mm -hmm. but if you don't understand like you're saying your partner needs to understand and there's still times that i should be more understanding than i'm than i am like i'm the person who's like you walk past me in the parking lot I'm like hey how are you and i'm like friendly to everybody and <laughs> and my partner is looking him up and down and it's like not because he's judging anybody mm -hmm. he's like are they carrying are they this are they coming too close to me why are they walking towards mm -hmm. me like in our community there's a lot of homeless and that really like not that they're homeless or they're asking but how fast they approach you yeah. and that you know always creates like a, a this like start i can see it yeah. right like it's just immediate evaluation but i also have friends that have had witness traumas that yes. have affected them and they have marital marital is that a word marital <laughs> no I marital is marital problems <laughs> like maybe sexually right because of things they witnessed yes. as a child or things that happened to them as a child and the partner's thinking you were two yeah. like or five we need to get over that but I don't think it's that easy no it's not that easy and like you're saying PTSD doesn't always come from this like explosive traumatic event it could be from like you're saying somebody witnessed something for me in the military my job was to read the things that were happening and so for me although I wasn't right there in the center of the action pulling the trigger I read it and so or I watched it and so that was that reinforcing of you got to protect yourself. You got to be aware. You can't let this happen to you. That just reinforced that original trauma that I had. Um, but it's not always I was there. I touched it. I had to do it myself. Um, and a lot of people don't understand that, that 
you know, PTSD can come from anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the matter of managing it, I think admitting it first. Yeah. So for the people that feel maybe their partner has it, their partner doesn't say it, their partner doesn't acknowledge it, but you're seeing these habit changes. You're seeing we can't go to certain places because they don't like it. Or you're seeing that you want to try something with them and they're immediately turned off or back off. Those are probably things to talk about yes. versus getting upset about. Like, you know, I noticed we can never go to a crowded place or I know we can't do fireworks. Right. Or, yeah. Or, you know, even outside of that, like maybe I, you want me to do things in the bedroom Mm -hmm. that I'm not willing to do. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you ask, why is that? You know, and communicate that. And they may not understand it, but if I feel the more honest you are about what is going on, like my previous partner, my ex-husband, I knew him inside and out. So I knew something wasn't right. I was there through, then as, you know, after he went through combat, his best friend committed suicide from those combats. Then his mother died of cancer. And this was all within years of each other, short years. And you could see that, how it affected that person. My partner now is very, you know, I don't want to say denial because they know and we've talked about it, but it's very like, that's not going to stop me from doing anything. And this is not, but that also is, I feel like the more you cover it and the more you just try to work through it without acknowledging it and processing and taking the things you need to work through it, it's almost like you're just pushing it down. Well, I think first we have to start off of, okay, so the person, you notice they're having PTSD symptoms or some kind of mental health symptom. Culturally, for my culture, we don't go to therapy. We don't talk to a therapist. There's nothing wrong with you. That's for crazy people. We don't do that. You better pull up your bootstraps, put your pants on like a big girl or a big girl or a boy and get your ass out there and do what you're supposed to do. So culturally, your partner might not be receptive to it because of that. And then on the other side, gender wise, mm-hmm. men, men are we're too strong, strong. for that. I'm we're going too big to, for that. Yeah. I want to beat this thing. It's not going to beat mm-hmm. me and just march through the thorns and get cut all up and, and not, you know, be willing to say, well, crap, there is something wrong with me. And I think that's a challenge for any male. And how do you get through to them? I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> you have any I tips? Have, I haven't <laughs> figured it out. The more normal it becomes, I feel like one thing I could say to the younger generation mm-hmm. is they are very open about everything. Yes. Oh, I go to counseling or yes. oh, I have this feeling. I have that. They're very yes. open. And I think that's opening a new door moving forward. But our generation and back mm-hmm. is not just something you, you know, even a totally different subject, but just for example, you know, like today the kid's going to have somebody come over tomorrow and the mom's like, oh, he has ADHD medicine and he does this. And I'm like, she's so open about it where, you know, before people try to hide it and we don't talk about it and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's how it is with PTSD. I think when people, if you're not educated or you're not, you don't know somebody with it, you think, oh, PTSD, they're just messed up. Yeah. I think the people initially think that. Yeah, they do. But the military has also changed, as you're saying, with the generations, as the younger generation comes along and says, hey, this is kind of normal, this is what we do, then the military, I think, has also been in the forefront of adapting to those changes. So when I came in the military, you better not go to mental health because that was the first exit. You're going home. I agree. you're crazy and we don't have time to deal with crazy. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank you for your service, but we don't need you anymore. Now it's 
about being strong and being brave and opening up to say, hey, I need to take a knee. I'm going to go see this therapist, get myself together, and I'm going to come back. And you're being allowed that latitude to do that as before, you just didn't. And I think in regards to the military aspect, now I've been completely removed now for five years, four mm -hmm. years. But prior to that, I don't feel they were quite there yet because I know people would go see people off post yes. with no records, yes. pay cash, do yes. not use insurance because they did not want their teams or anything to know yeah. that that's what they were doing. Yeah. And I think that's, especially people in our age group, that's the mindset that mm -hmm. they have. Like, we're going to keep it a secret. We're not going to talk about it. But I think even, I will say, like, for widowers. So my mom, my dad died. We Nothing we ever expected. And... I think that was kind of a PTSD thing for mm -hmm. her because she went through a depression. Then she went through a buying, a buying binge. <laughs> Everything needed to be bought. Or, yeah. Right. Yeah. And you and the outside think you just make these like, oh, she's just sad. Or, but it's probably PTSD because she was so traumatized by the events that led up to that, the death itself. And it happening so fast mm -hmm. that you didn't get to process it. And I think we don't, we kind of overlook that it happens in those forms. Yes too yeah that's true um i think the same thing for my father-in-law he actually had to work on my mother-in-law um why but until the paramedics got there and so you know his so whole life people say that what? father in love that's my father i love him i know but in such a nice way people <laughs> say that now that's a new generational thing too it's so nice sister in love that's so nice now i had some in-laws <laughs> I'm just saying that's But yeah, the, I think that is traumatic, and that's something that we we haven't given space to allow to say them to say that I just went through a traumatic event. What am I gonna do with this? How do I heal? And you know, I have a grief counselor that still comes to see me right now, and. I really don't know what to say to him or he doesn't really know what to say to me because everybody grieves differently and I'm way different from the average person. So, um, but I think that's that I like, I think it always comes back to what we always talk about is being able to communicate it. And I think signs look for signs. If you notice you're always fighting with somebody about something or even in children, you know, children lose parents or children witness horrible things mm -hmm. and then they have bad behavior or they're not completing things they besides the trauma itself they probably have ptsd mm -hmm. and without communicating acknowledging and talking and getting them to talk about it in counseling of course we always say counseling or self-help mm -hmm. i think it just i think in my opinion i feel like that's why the suicide is so high in the military the retirees military is because their minds can't stop the things they're dealing with they're seeing it on a daily basis they don't know how to cope with it and it can come from somebody who is getting help and somebody who's not yeah. and they just have enough. Yeah. And I think the more openly we can talk about it and they find peers that can relate to them and say, dude, I know exactly how you're feeling. I think that opens up a better means of communication, but I think it's the signs. So what, what would you say some signs if somebody was listening right now and said, I know my friend or I know my husband or wife or my daughter has gone through a traumatic experience. What are some signs I should look for that maybe we should talk more about that? Um, they stop doing things that they used to enjoy and love. There are moments where they're just like zoned out. They're not actively engaged with you or what's going on around them. Um, they're easily startled 
you know, like if you're coming, I remember coming back from um, Iraq and I was in the house with the kids and one of them, it was like a wall in between the kitchen and the um, living room and they came around and they were like, mom. And I was like, what the hell? Don't do that. <laughs> and I traumatized them, like you're saying, because they're like, what the heck is wrong with this lady? She's all jumpy yeah. and screaming and hollering all the time. So, you know, easily startled, on edge, doesn't enjoy things that they used to enjoy, you know, like very watchful. Um, those are some signs that, hey, we need to talk about this and find out what's underneath this. And if you need some help or is just this just, you know, something happened today and you're just doing this today. Yeah, I, I think I would say, like, if you notice signs that look like depression, yeah. not doing the things they usually yeah. do, sleeping, yeah. avoiding going outside, yeah. things like that. I think the jitteries, the, the nervousness always of being uncomfortable doing certain things, the mood swings, yeah. you know, I think the mood swings are big, you know, one thing can just throw off the whole mood. And I think that's probably a big sign where if they used to just be, you know, jovialent or just, you know, free spirit. And all of a sudden you say one thing wrong. They're like, why would you say that? And like, it's a whole, you know, I think yeah. those things, if it wasn't their normal personality before, to me, those are really big signs. And I think everybody's different because the people that I do know, they're all different, yeah. you know, like some will just never sit down and some it's weird things, you know, they won't go in somebody's house if they don't know yeah. them and like things that they, they avoid places they don't know might. and they can't yeah. assess. And, yeah. but I think it's something that it's important within any relationship, friendship or relationship to talk about mm -hmm. because, you know, it's sad to see people take their life and even people, you know, that have been highly involved in the church yes. and they're doing all, everything right. But, you yes. know, there was, a, there's a lady in the community and she lost two of her sons, but one of them committed suicide and through her blogs that she was writing, one of the things she kept saying is we were pushing him to do counseling, to deal with these feelings and instead he did everything else to cover them up avoid, yeah, to avoid that's them. And so I think that's, that's the other thing. If people are keeping themselves so busy that they can't breathe or stop or enjoy anything, it's because they're trying to keep their brain yeah. so busy. Yes. They probably need counseling or more one-on-one yeah. -on -one or something because they're just trying to hide it basically. Yeah. And I think that's what happens when they finally get to a point where they've done everything they could and they finally stop. Then their mind is flooded with everything that they've been trying to run away from and they can't take it. And, and like you're saying, they either do something drastic like, suicide overdose or something yeah. like that just because they can't cope um i would say like even from childhood trauma going through the therapy there are still some things i can't cope with simply because i don't have answers so for instance like you're saying people in the military do they really have an answer of why they had to do some of the things that gave them trauma, right? they may never have that answer. So how do they cope with that? Right. So for me, I, I just try to remind myself every day of the good things and I continually go to therapy. I don't think if I hadn't started going to therapy in my 20s and kind of recognizing my thought patterns and what gets me down and my triggers, then, you know, I might be one of those 22. Yeah. And that's, it's sad. And I think 
And, but I will say, just like you, PTSD does not mean the end of the world for anybody. No. It's just something you cope with, like ADHD or OCD or eating disorder or whatever, hemorrhoids. I mean, I don't know, anything. Like, it's, I feel like sometimes people think if they get that label, it's like, oh my gosh, you have PTSD. But like, you're, you're successful and you're doing all these things and, it's not stopping you from living life, but it is something not to put aside. But I think some people feel like if you get that label, it's a label and it doesn't need to be a negative label. It just has to be, to me, it's like, I know you guys always hate when I use the word, the word warning, but it's almost like a caution, like a caution sign. Like, okay, PTSD, okay, caution. I know that there's something they're sensitive to. Yeah. What it is, I, I may not know, but it's a caution sign. Yeah. So maybe I shouldn't walk right up to them and hug them, or maybe I shouldn't stick them in the back of the room, or maybe I shouldn't, you know, it's kind of like caution. I think that's a good way to look at it because, you know, like you're saying, if you don't know them intimately, you're not going to know what could set them off back to that point where that trauma occurred. And when you do go in with that caution and that warning, then you're able to allow yourself to be like, okay, let me let my guard down and be vulnerable and open with them so they can share with me some of their triggers. And then now I know how to engage and handle them. And it's not like, oh, I invited Tim over and he blew up in the party and I had no idea why. And you're like, just stuff there holding in the bag and everybody's looking at you. Why did you invite this crazy ass person? And so that's going to feed into their trauma again. Yeah. So. And I would also, on <laughs> a side note, those who are diagnosed PTSS, PTSD, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, drugs and alcohol do not help. What do you mean? <laughs> I have <laughs> never met around a PTSD person who gets drunk and it's positive experience. So I'm a happy drunk. Well, good. Maybe that's good for you. <laughs> so I would say let's not lean towards just drugs and alcohol to no. make everything better. And make sure you know, like you just said, maybe it was alcohol at a party. This guy, Tim, just loses his mind because yeah. he's all these flashbacks and mm-hmm. people are loud and there's music and flashing lights. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we don't take him somewhere where he's going to do that. You yeah. know, so not saying it's horrible for everybody, but I'm just saying it's something to be, don't self-medicate, yeah. you know, get therapy, talk to somebody, but look for the signs. And if you're close to somebody, don't be a... I hate to say it, but don't be afraid, especially if you have experience with it to say, like, if you knew my partner, let's say, and you were close enough and we didn't know we already had, you might say, have you guys considered because I noticed these things, if you were close enough, you know, because some people, I mean, there's a lot of things when people, when the kids react, do you, have you ever considered ADHD? Well, I don't know what that is. Sure. Maybe we need to do that. But I would never have known that if somebody didn't say it. You know? I think, so I feel like. Okay. I think it would have to be someone like you on the outside looking in. It's not going to be the person with PTSD that right. says, hey, you got PTSD. Unless, you know, like you're saying, they're in that intimate situation right. and, and they're boys and especially guys. Girls would be like, girl, yes, I got PTSD. Yeah. What do you want to know about it? Um, but guys in that intimate setting with another guy who's been bold enough to acknowledge that they have PTSD. They could probably reach that person, but right, uh, yeah. But it would probably have to be someone on the outside. But I don't think it's a negative thing. No, like I think not. some people feel like it's embarrassing to say, and you may not even have a lot of signs or symptoms. But if you do, then you need to acknowledge that mm-hmm. and do the right things to deal with it. Not only for yourself, but your partners, your coworkers, your children. Mm-hmm. It's not just you who's affected by it. 
You know, you might think this is my thing. This is my trauma. This is my issue. You think that, but how you deal with that trickles down to your partner and your partner's dealing with your crap. And then your kids are dealing with that crap, but they don't know why. And you're not doing anything to help yourself and everybody else. And you're just saying, this is my thing. Well, it's not really your thing. Because it is in some way affecting everybody because if they can't go do certain things or they can't talk to you a certain way or, you know, you are nervous all the time or you have depression, that affects everybody around you. So you can't look at it as it's my thing and my thing only. That's true. That's that's a lot of good um, knowledge and nuggets there. So how do you cope with PTSD with your partner? Um, I think it's really hard as a partner um, because you don't. If you've never had it and you've never experienced it, you don't really fully understand. It's just like anything in life. You don't understand what death feels like until you've experienced. You don't understand what marriage feels like to experience, you know? And so it's hard as a partner to really understand, like, when they explain, I have all this stuff in my head. And they they don't tell you what or why or where it came from. But I have all this stuff in my head and I'm always nervous. And I'm always, and you're like, well, just take a deep breath and just do this. And just and you're like, they're probably thinking like, that does not work. Right. Why would so you tell me that? I've been breathing all my damn life and it ain't work. Okay. It's just hard as a partner because you want to make it. And then I'm oversensitive sometimes. Like we go somewhere and I'm constantly like, are you good? Are you good? Like, cause I'll notice, I'll start to notice the room fills up. I'm starting to notice we're more on the back side because of how people came in the doors over there. And I'm always like, are you good? Are you, you know, and then it eventually turns into, no, I'm not, you know, I can read, I can start to read it and I can see body language and I can see the facial expressions. I'm like, okay, they're trying to act like they're not uncomfortable because I'm having a good time, mm-hmm. but I know they're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I do sometimes have to sacrifice yourself and what you want to do to ensure their peace of mind. And that can be hard sometimes because sometimes you just don't want to do that. You know what I mean? So it's, you have to be kind of unselfish in that. Right. And I think with my ex-husband, I was very young. We were young and military was new to me. The Mm -hmm. traumas were new to me. We were, I mean, we just went from one horrible thing. He, they saw a lot of things on his deployments and then his friend dies. And that was, and then his mother and like, I coped with it differently than he did. Mm -hmm. And being able to communicate, I don't think he could ever fully communicate what was going on with him. And so as a partner, you're trying to figure things out, but when people don't communicate, you're literally making your own story up in your head. Yeah. That, that, and that's, I think one of the downsides of coping with PTSD. Like, I don't know that I'm able to really express fully where my spouse understands like what, what triggers do to me. He could see the body language change. He could see my facial expression change. He can see that I get quiet and withdrawn, but that emotional clock and turmoil that's going on, he can't see that. And then I don't know that I understand all of the triggers because sometimes this thing happens and I'm fine. Right. Sometimes the same thing happens and I'm not fine and it might be because it was in a different environment, a different season, a different whatever. And I'm like, oh, crap, I feel like deja vu. I'm right back in that same place because it looks like and feels like mm-hmm. this thing is happening all over again. Um, so, yeah, the communication and I think the person being willing to go to therapy and really dig deep into why do I have PTSD? How do I understand it? Processing that trauma. So when I went through 
trauma therapy. They call it cognitive behavioral therapy. That's how you deal with the traumatic event. And you actually write it down. You read it. You write it, read it out loud. And I remember when I went to the therapist, and I think it was like week three or four. And she was like, okay, we've done all this work. Now you're going to read it out loud. And I said, no, the hell I'm not. She's like, uh, yes, you are. And I was like, no, I'm not. And she was like, well, I guess this session will just sit here. And I was like, we wasted freaking time. What do you yeah. mean we're just going to sit here? And she was like, well, that's the exercise for today. So either you read it this week or we come back next week and we try it again. And I was like, that is horrible. But you kind of, when you're going through this therapy, have to understand that you're going to unpack that trauma. And so if you've had multiple traumas, you might start off with one and then we're going to move to the next one and then yeah. move to the next one. Um, but that's the only way I was able to kind of see, wow, that is why I react the way that I do. That is why my thought pattern and processes are like this is because I'm still stuck. Right. And if you don't want to be stuck anymore, what do you got to do? You got to deal with it. Yeah. You got to go to deal with it and work the it. therapy to be able to cope because you're still going to live. You're right. still going to engage with people. You're you're still going to have those triggers. But if you want to live, you have to learn to let that go or be able to deal with it in a manner that it doesn't put you in a space that you can't handle or, you know, put yeah. you emotionally in a space you can't handle. Well, my current partner went to a, a place in Texas, and I can't remember what the name of the camp was. It's like a retreat for a couple mm -hmm. weeks that you for you know veterans and whatever. And like one of the things they they emphasized a lot was your own time, yeah. like self care. But yeah. people hate that phrase sometimes. But your own time. So like the gym doesn't count as your own time because the gym is like you staying busy with something, keeping your brain your own time as in like, I'm going to go read or I'm going to go sit in my thoughts or I'm going to, because they, they feel like that's a part of you dealing with it mm -hmm. and processing it. So the big thing that they did and they did the light therapy where you don't have to talk, yeah. but they do the light therapy and that's better for somebody who does not want to talk, you know? So there are ways to get help if you do not want to talk. <laughs> so, but I think taking that time for yourself, is also very important as a partner who is with somebody with PTSD or the person who has PTSD, but taking that time for yourself for that self-care to do something that's not stressful or straining on your body to keep your brain busy and just deal with it. But yet something that is just for you, not yes. your family, not your kids, yes. just for you. If it's riding your bike, if it's fishing, something that's just totally peaceful for yes. you. And I hope, you know, more people, I think we all need that Yes, I because think we're so plugged that. into everything yeah. that somebody posted today said something like, what would you do without social media? I was like, everybody would probably go back to being neighborly. <laughs> yes. They probably so would. time for yourself is good. Yeah. But. And I think on the partner side of that, being able to understand that person needs that time. And it's not like they're trying to get away from you or avoid you. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I just need to quiet my mind and, Especially if I'm in that fight or flight moment in my head and he can see, oh, she's way over there. She is not here. Then he can sometimes be like, hey, are you okay? And then, yes, I'm okay. Let me go take five minutes to do a meditation or something to, you know, be by myself. But it's not because I don't love you. Right. I just I just need this to get, get my head right. together. Yes. Yeah. And I think from my perspective, I feel like, and I could be wrong, so correct me, but men compartmentalize much better. It's almost like they shut it down and move it back. 
where I feel like we feel and see everything. Like I feel like women in general, I feel like kind of think about it more, feel it more, feel it longer. But when something happens, Mm -hmm. I feel like men just kind of like shut it down, turn it off. I'm moving on and we're not talking about it, not dealing with it. Where you say, I'm going to need five minutes. Give me five minutes. I don't think they would no, say I, that. I, I, I'm not going to say that either. I'm just going to shut Go down do in my oh. mind. I'm do like you said. I'm just zoning out. Yeah. So we could be talking. You done said something that triggered me and I'm just going to be. Oh, okay. So that's interesting too. So maybe people aren't just ignoring you. I just get quiet. I don't want to fight. I don't want to fuss. Yeah, we're just going to, and then and so I process it in for my head. Who yeah. have trauma from their childhood, from fighting or yeah. abuse? Yeah. That would make sense why some partners just get silent. Yep, yeah. because they're probably zoning out or blocking that yes. out because it's bringing back. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I just get quiet. I go into my. Um, I, have you guys ever seen a movie, Sybil? <laughs> Probably shouldn't. But Sybil? Sybil is a movie about this young lady who has multiple personalities. Like oh, she yeah. has, I think at the end she had like 24, 25, 29, something like that. But she was severely abused as a kid. And so her little girl personality would go sit in the corner and just cry with her little stuffed animal. And so that's kind of what, for me, from the childhood trauma, that's where I go. I go into my mind in the little corner. The little girl goes to sit down and she just like begs everything to stop. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense though. So everything we do comes from something. Yeah. Something. <laughs> so if you know somebody, encourage communication, yes. therapy, yes. and be receptive to hear and listen and be whatever support system that you can be for them, even if you don't understand it. Yeah. Even if you don't understand it, that's the key part right there. Even yeah. if you don't understand it. And you might need to get therapy as well because it is not easy living with dealing with someone who has PTSD. Because, you know, like Megan was saying earlier, what they go through affects you in every aspect of your life. So um, if you need help, please get help. Yes. And we thank you guys for hanging out with us again. Yes. So please like share and give us a rating we love stars so five please um and until next time guys have a great one bye